Hey there, welcome back to the Really Late Show with um, Craig and Chris. I'm Chris. Here's Craig. Um, we're still doing good, right? Yeah, <laughs> it feels, well, it's getting late, but we're doing well. It, it feels weird. We, we all tape these on one night, and obviously you, you probably consume them different times. We may even release them on different days, but it, it's always the thing to ask when you start. I mean, I know, it feels kind of weird. Um... Craig, I may drop Netflix soon. I, I just okay. got to, way too many streaming. But the one show I have liked on it, I haven't watched the new season yet, is My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. It's like David Letterman's new talk show. Um, now, he's retired. I mean, he's not putting out five a week like he did with CBS. But he kind of does this thing where it's like... I don't know what, six to eight, maybe a season. He's on his fourth season. Wow. And, it's not just a interview show where you're sitting there talking to somebody. They kind of do skits. Probably is a weird way of phrasing it. They, they just do different stuff. Um, they go to the stores together with the guests and race cars or, or whoever the guests might be. Are, are you down with the show just in general? We I, there's one episode I want to talk about in particular. But what do you think? Are you you like the show in general? I've never really seen it. Um, oh. I, I did watch the the Will Smith interview, but I gotta I gotta be honest with you, never really been a big Letterman fan. So um, maybe that's why I just never really cared to watch it. I guess Letterman's always been weird. There was a time earlier in the marriage when my wife and I were watching Letterman all the time. Um, I got to go to New York State for work one weekend. And I made a big deal. Uh, one of the stops, we were with a kid with a last wish um, trip to New York before he died of cancer. But one of the stops was right by Lerman Theater. And that's when Lerman was still being you know, you know on CBS and everything. Um, I was down. I was in the theater. I walked around the corner, saw, what is it, Mujibur or Sarah Joel? You know, the Indian you know shop owners are on the street that... He would do stuff with and everything. I I kind of got creeped out, Craig, because you know there was some sex stuff that he admitted to. It wasn't just uh, scandals. Like you know well, he would sleep with female employees, which is well, weird in many many different ways. Um, I gotta say, from watching some of the earlier seasons, it seemed like he was able to have intelligent conversations and to get things from people. Like, it seemed to be a really good interview sake. I wouldn't say he's the greatest man of all time. From watching some of his later comedy, I'm not even sure if he was the funniest guy of all time. I th I think he lost a little bit off his fastball, you know, the older he got with the comedy. I got to say, though, Craig, I think he's a pretty good interviewer. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, in... I think the broader point is well. Well, first of all, let's talk about the episode quick. Um, he had Will Smith on. Uh, obviously, Will definitely heavy in the news after a slap of Chris Rock at the Oscars, which which still sounds weird to say. It sounds like I'm making it up, even after everyone knows it happened. Um, this was taped a couple months before the Oscars, but it was kind of an interesting look into Will Smith's life. Um, I'm, I'm going to include the USA Today link to talk about how some of the quotes are almost prophetic. Um, like Will had this joke about, hey, don't talk about my mom, you know. And then Larry said, keep you know, my wife's name out of your mouth and other stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, 
I'm not a huge David Letterman guy, but I like the show because I think you understand people a little bit more than you do. And Craig, I think we've lost that. There's a billion podcasts like ours where we have people on, we talk to them. But I think the celebrity interview has gotten very surfacy. And to be honest with you, if we have somebody on that we don't know too well, you know, we're we're sucking up to them and we're a small podcast. We can't yeah. you know, piss off people. We're like, Oh, you're the best, you're the best. Um and I think Lerman is a long form interview where he's offended people before, which I think is good. And I think we need a little bit more of that, Craig, just in general. Um, I'm toying with calling this that Lerman's the greatest interview ever. That's probably way overstated. But I think we've lost a little bit today. I mean, I don't know if you like Jimmy Fallon. I don't like Jimmy Fallon because he sucks up to everybody. And I just want somebody to be real with people and have real conversations back and forth. You know, it's hard. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch as much late night as I used to. But you know, I think it's it's hard for a late night show host to really be able to do that because you're only, you know, like in for this episode, it was a 55 minute episode with Will Smith, and even though this was pre Oscar slap, you know, you can cover a lot of ground in 55 minutes when you've got five to 15 minutes where you might have on Jimmy Fallon or Colbert or Seth Meyers or James Corden, you don't really have the opportunity to get too deep. And I think a lot of it too is when they go on these network shows, they're plugging their new, their new project. And that's part, part of why they're there. And there's probably going to be parts of their lives that they'd prefer to not be brought up you know, especially if it may make them look bad or whatever. So it's, I think it's harder to get below the surface on some of those shows where you only have five to fit, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes to talk to someone. So I don't really blame Fallon. I don't really blame Colbert. I don't really blame Seth Meyers or James Corden for maybe that perception that late night shows are mostly just, you know, surface stuff, you know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You know, that's because that's kind of what it is. Part I think the biggest part of their in-depth stuff or getting below the surface is their monologues and, you know, some of the stuff that they do talking about, you know, topics going on in the world. So the interviews with the people themselves generally aren't really worth your while. But, you know, shows like this give you an opportunity to stretch that out a little bit and maybe get a little deeper, like, you know, in this case with Letterman and Will Smith. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, premise now that yeah, the Tonight Show is still bigger than the Ohioan. I mean, I'm not saying that we're to the Tonight Show level, but with tech advancing, you, you know, anybody can record. A, I mean, Craig, we could switch our format up, and you and I could do a late night show via StreamYard. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, can yeah. go yeah. on live 11 30 every night and see who can bite. In some ways, that sounds exciting, in some ways, it sounds Hideous. So let's don't do that for right now. Let's leave it off. But but I guess what I'm saying is maybe there's way too much competition now. Where it used to be you were like, wow, I got in the Tonight Show. That's fantastic. There's no nothing else. And now there's just so much more. Uh, like I saw an interview of Conan O'Brien, who was a former Tonight Show host. He got out of that business partly because there's so much competition. Like, he's like, it used to be an honor to be like, hey, I'm a late night talk show host. Now it's, and I'm not even talking just, you know, late night podcast. I'm talking yeah. with all the cable channels, all the streaming out there and everything. Right. I, I mean, there's so much 
more. Maybe it's lost a little bit of the lure that it used to lose. Um, I I was on yeah. you, YouTube earlier today, and uh, Shakira was on the Tonight Show, and her and Jimmy Fallon were in a dance off. And I, I'm sitting here, and I, I know Carson did some goofball stuff. I'm not saying Fallon's lost a little bit of refinement, but I mean that's it. And, and dude, you could find it. I mean, yeah, we're not gonna get Shakira to come on here and dance, but it's not. That can be replicated. You know, it sounds weird to say it, but you know, okay. it, it's not like wow, look at that content that can't be found anywhere else. Yeah. Well, if you get a uh, you know, if you get a, a certain YouTuber with the yeah, it, you know, if if Mr. Beast wanted to start doing talk show host stuff with all the millions of subscribers, they would be able to book guests. Believe me, because oh, yeah. it's the footprint that you get, and I think. Yeah, you have more opportunity. More people can watch, you know, the Tonight Show. But nowadays, if you don't have cable or if you don't have Paramount Plus or Peacock, you don't have the opportunity to watch. But YouTube, you can watch Mr. Beast without subscribing. You just have to have internet. So in a lot of ways, you know, it's the, the saturation of the market has really taken the allure of, you know, of, wanting to appear on on late night shows you know we watch seinfeld and talk seinfeld every week and part of seinfeld was you know jerry seinfeld being on the tonight show or being on with letterman and i don't know that that would be as as relevant these days because it's just there's so much opportunity for you to get out there you don't need the tonight show or whatever late show insert late show to get your, you know, to promote your movie, to promote your show, to promote your comedy act, you don't need that these days. And I think that's part of the the reason why, even though you get good guests on those shows still, but I think a lot of it's going to the skits and some of the comedy bits that they play because, you know, you want to try to get stuff now that people don't do, which... You know, you can get Jimmy Fallon. I, I know they do that mystery box where they put their hands in and you got to kind of feel for what you're grabbing or whatever from what I've seen. Um, you know, so everybody has sort of their own personalized comedy bits. And I think that's part of what these shows are doing now is moving forward. They're trying to be more unique because they know that, you know, if Brad Pitt wants to talk about his new movie, he doesn't have to go on The Tonight Show to do it. Right. And, yeah, it's interesting. This week, um, uh, Top Gun 2 is coming out. I haven't seen that. Again, I'm not watching late night talk shows every night. But you would have thought that Tom Cruise was going to make some big push. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Now watch. He'll be on everywhere tomorrow. But <laughs> I haven't seen it all yet, which is very, very interesting. Well, and you look at the whole nature of Twitter. What made Twitter explode when it first came out was... When athletes or any type of politician or pop star want to get their word out there, you always had to go to the media. Now, you know, with Twitter, you can just go directly to your followers and everything. And I think that whole mindset of Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, everything else, you can have your own thing. You know, you can be on Mr. Beast's video and probably promote your movie better than anything else would. So, it's crazy, man. It's a different world, man. To be honest, you know, half of me is a fan of the old late night talk show, but you know, I could watch clips, put them together, and instead of having to watch an hour tonight show every night, 
I could say, hey, here's five clips that are recommended to me, and I could watch an hour of probably the best of the best of everybody instead of just being focused on one show. Yeah, and it's kind of the same way with, with how network television has been overtaken by streamers where, you know, you used to have to go on network television and then you had cable and now you have all these streaming platforms that offer adult shows with adult themes and language and everything that you would expect to see a normal human being say. There's no sad, you know, there's no, you know, filter on HBO or Paramount or Peacock like there is on NBC and Fox and everywhere where they can't say curse words or whatever it may be. So now it's, it's, it's the same thing. I think that goes for, you know, these late night shows where they have to try to be different and unique. And, and that's part of it because there's still an audience there, but it's probably not as wide as it once was because there's so many different options out there that exist. Yeah. Something was interesting. I was watching a, uh, it was like a Netflix celebrates comedy special and they were talking about George Carlin and they were talking about the seven dirty words. And you know, when he said that back then, it was like, Whoa, I can't believe he said that. It's amazing. And the joke was, Hey, the seven dirty words, that could be the next seven, you know, Netflix specials having that word in their title. You know, it's, it's a, it's a different world right now. So. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. Uh, and like I say, I haven't checked out the new season, so maybe calling uh, Dave Lerman a great interview is overdoing it because I really liked his interview. I probably would have binged the whole um, series by now, which I haven't. Um, I, that's why I need a little less streaming. I, I got way too many options, dude, man. And yeah. sometimes I turn on YouTube one to watch one video, and I get in this... Um, Right where I'm doing work and I end up watching three hours of the guy's videos. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy, man. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, um, you know, we've talked to the end of our shows. Uh, I had a tragedy. Just had a friend that died over the weekend. I uh, haven't seen him for about 15 years, but it's been for a kind of a crappy last two days. Um Put together some personal thoughts. I, I figured I didn't want to, you know, ruin Craig or Joe's life by, you know, whining about it. Um, but I got a separate podcast where I kind of dealt with that. Check it out. Uh, talked a little bit about faith and some other stuff in it. Uh, also, I uh, took my daughter to uh, first concert. It was kind of scary. Uh, she was nine, and she has autism. And I thought a lot of musical lights are scary, but she's down. I, Craig, I think I... I've got a concert buddy, and I, I thought it was good. It was at church. It was like a loud rock concert. But I'll tell you, Craig, you know, we've talked when we were more COVID-heavy about trying to get more people back to churches, like church has been trying to do that. Well, have a free public event. I, I mean, they had a, a reasonably well-known Christian rock band in. Open the doors. Come on in, you know. I, I think that's a lot more welcoming than saying, hey, here's you know, 50 bucks to get in the door, you know, come on. So, uh, I'm not sure whose idea it was. Was it the local radio station or the church, but Hey, good event. Bravo to them. Um, Craig and I, uh, we've talked about Joe Burrow, <laughs> the crazy, uh, LSU national title game. Uh, I talked to Joe Castle about squirming and grubs and all the stuff going on with them. And then, uh, Wednesday, I haven't picked the topic yet. Um, Craig, but, uh, we're talking about um, 
you know, the crazy etc. pop stories. Uh, we went back to feral cats uh, last week. Um, Licking County, they've been dealing with feral cats. A guy said you should shoot him. He apologized for the statement. But Field and Stream Magazine uh, came back and said he was right. You should shoot feral oh. cats. Okay. So we tried to figure out what uh, Field and Stream has against the um, feral cats. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, and hopefully I'm not getting in trouble at work uh, because of this, uh, the guy who beat this guy in the election, he had a viral picture, and this is Lincoln County, Craig. This is not viral in Hollywood or anything, of him holding a cat, stroking a cat, and attack in a tracksuit. It was the craziest picture I ever saw. So we we invited him on the podcast too. Have not heard back from him, but okay. it would be an epic interview. We spent about ten minutes making fun of his uh, tracksuit and everything. It was pretty wild. All right, so yeah, check all that stuff out. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Like we said, I mean, you've got a million other ways you can use your time, from Netflix to all the other podcasts. And thank you for taking a little time to check our podcast. Excited to see people who check out the show. Share. Share us with your friends. Uh, Subscribe. Uh, Leave us a five-star review if you would. And lots of ways to support the show on the uh, podcast page, wherever you're downloading the episode at. Uh, Thank you so much. We really appreciate you you guys. I don't say enough. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Uh, And for Craig and Chris, have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.